It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, it seems we're in the closing days of the Toronto Raptors coaching search. What do we know about the potential candidates who have been brought to Toronto for in-person interviews? Plus, there seems to be a bit of European influence to the Raptors search. Does that mean anything about the team's intentions going forward? We'll get to all that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Let's get to it, baby! Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every freaking day. It is Monday, June the 5th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean if you're still using Twitter. You can also follow the show on Instagram and you can join the show's growing Lockdown Raptors Discord community. Super fun, great place for talk about the team in a very agreeable and polite fashion. Even when we disagree, it's friendly disagreement. What a thing to be found on the internet in 2023. The link to join is in the description of the podcast. Come hang out, super fun. And I'm giving like free stuff out in there sometimes. You get priority for mailbag questions. There are perks to it as well. So come and hang out. You can also find the show and support it on your favorite podcast apps by subscribing, rating, reviewing, telling a friend, and of course, subscribing to the YouTube channel, which uh, is just like a big red button. You can't miss it when you go to the channel. Even if you're not going to watch the videos every day, just subscribe so we can juice the stats. All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit, ma- deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. On all right, Vec Jacob from Raptors.com is here. Let's get to it. We're talking about the coaching search, which seems to be in the final closing hours. It seems I, w- I would bet by the end of this week we know who the coach of your Toronto Raptors is going to be. So we're going to set the stage here, get a look at the four remaining candidates per the latest reporting from Mark Stein and his wonderful Substack newsletter, get into what the nature of the candidates might suggest about what the Raptors want to do as a team, and uh, maybe rank our preferences as well a little later on. Big V from Raptors.com, you're here. How the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man enjoying you know we got, we got the nba finals we got the french open i'm enjoying joker by day joker by night so <laughs> it's all good here man 
It, it, banner week for Serbia, huh? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. just, just having a time with all of their joke-related players who are anything <laughs> but jokes because they're uh, bloody incredible. Um, yeah, NBA Finals, man. I'm glad we got a series. I still think Denver is going to win it, but it's uh, it's cool that we got ourselves a fun little series after last night's game. I also totally thought Jamal Murray was going to tie the game at the buzzer because that's what Jamal Murray tends to do. Mm, this is not a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this Matt, is not you know a podcast about oh yeah the... carry on go ahead no yeah, i was gonna say did you see the point differential that john schumann put out for the heat base per quarter i did not so for the playoffs 20 playoff games miami is minus one in the first quarter minus 11 in the second quarter minus 12 in the third quarter and plus 90 in the fourth sure that's normal checks out <laughs> yeah for sure Man, uh, the Heat just keep on doing it, huh? This is not a podcast about the NBA Finals, though, Big V. This is yeah. a podcast about a team that is hoping to one day get back to the NBA Finals, and the first step in that is hiring a coach. It seems like we're getting close to that. The latest reporting from Mark Stein, he's been, I think, the guy who's been most up on this, and his wonderful Substack newsletter is uh, pretty essential at this time of year. Uh, he's got it down, it seems, to four candidates, the fourth of whom I didn't add to the rundown on the side of the page until uh, because it, we just found out about it just before going on to record. So apologies there. But it seems as though Sergio Scariolo, former Raptors assistant, Jordi Fernandez, the 40-year-old assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings, and Darko Ryakovic, the assistant coach with the Memphis Grizzlies out of Serbia, are among the finalists. In addition, Kenny Atkinson, the former Brooklyn Nets head coach, now an assistant with the Warriors, is reportedly coming to Toronto for an in-person interview as well so it's down to those four uh the late addition of atkinson to this list courtesy mark stein's reporting uh which came out just before we started recording uh throws a little bit of a wrench into the euro flavor i wanted to focus on on today's show um but before we get into the implications of you know really focusing it seems on a bit more of a european influence with at least three of these candidates i just want to get your sort of read on things big v you know th this is been a long search. I think you can't blame the Raptors for not doing their due diligence. They've spoken to coaches from all over the world and the podcasting industry and failed former coaches and successful former coaches on down the line. Uh, pretty ready for this thing to be resolved, though, no, huh? Yeah, this is that time you want to, you know, get him in, whoever it may be, in time for the draft workouts that are mm -hmm. remaining um and be set for the draft right and i think sort of go from there i think the way it's shaking out the names that are in this finalist category uh are pleasing to me i think mm -hmm. they've narrowed it down really well um <clears throat> i if i were to power rank it uh, i'd probably go with uh jordy fernandez number one mm -hmm. um i i think he would be an excellent coach for this team. I think he's so, uh, even though he's young, he's so experienced. Uh, mm -hmm. And like you track back to starting off, you know, at least NBA wise with Mike Brown and the Cavs and that relationship uh, that he's been able to build with Mike Brown. And, um, and it extends over to the Nigeria team as well. Right. And yep. so don't ignore that connection with Masai. So uh, <laughs> I, I think I'd have him number one. Uh, and, and maybe more of like a 1A, 1B type thing with Sergio Scariolo uh, right behind. Um, and then, you know, you look at Kenny Atkinson, you look at, uh, you know, Darko Ryakovich. 
I think those are good options as well. So I think at this point, I feel comfortable that if it's one of the four, uh, the Raptors will be in good hands. Uh, and uh, that's really all you can ask for at this point. I'm 100% with you. I'm encouraged by the sort of outside-the-box nature of a lot of these names. Obviously, Kenny Atkinson would be a, a technical retread, but his previous tenure ended mostly because the Nets were a giant tire fire of a franchise. I think less about anything Kenny Atkinson personally did to be involved in that. If I'm not mistaken, he got fired the year Kevin Durant was out and hurt. If I'm, if I'm, Am I wrong there? Um, and so... Yeah, because he was Jacques Vaughn was the coach for the, the the Nets in the bubble. It was 2020, I believe, when that went down. Right, um, like right around the the pandemic hitting. I think I remember being in a you uh, know an Uber from the Hershey Center to downtown to go see a TFC game after watching a 905 game. This was like March the 10th <laughs> or something like that, and that's when the Kenny Atkinson thing was like just breaking. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't think Kenny Atkinson's time in Brooklyn ended really for anything that he did wrong as much as it was just the Nets putting this toxic elixir of players together. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think the... We'll get into this in a second. I do really find some encouragement by the sort of European influence they seem to be looking at, specifically as it pertains to what went wrong with the Raptors' offense last season. We'll elaborate a little bit more on that. But overall, I'm with you. I think the fact that they have gone super broad in their search, this isn't surprising. They did a similar thing back in 2019 when they hired, or 2018 when they hired Nick Nurse, you know, they were talking to Sarunas Yasakevichis. They were talking um, to all sorts, uh, you know, Ettore Messina was on the list as well. All sorts of like European influenced player or coaches. I think that's clearly something that Masai, as sort of someone with an eye on the global game and the trends within the game, that's clearly something he's doing to hopefully maybe put a, himself in that situation where the Raptors have an edge again, right? They have not really been that team that's been ahead of the curve over the last little while. And it's not to say that whoever they hire is instantly going to put them ahead of the curve, but it does signal some different thinking, some outside-the-box thinking, in a direction that the league seems to be kind of tilting already. And so we'll get into that a little bit more on the other side, the idea of the European influence potentially being at play here for the Raptors. We'll do that in just one sec. Before we dive into that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy sports super fun, super easy, and super accessible. It's a lot of fun to play daily fantasy sports whenever you want to dabble. It doesn't require the season-long commitment of fantasy sports. It doesn't really even require you to do it every single night throughout the playoffs. It's just something you can dabble in with your time when you want to. And Prize Picks is a great way to do it because you're not up against the projections. You're not starting from behind the eight ball, as it were. You're just looking at the projections and predicting whether the player is going to go more or less than a given projection in a certain stat, whether it's points, rebounds, threes, maids, on down the line. And all you got to do is pick two to six players for your entry any given day. And if you get them all right, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. That is incredible. Again, no competing against anything but the projections on the site. No shadow experts putting together some team that you can't possibly beat behind the scenes. And they offer projections on any sport you can watch, which includes the NBA, of course, but also 
everything else literally women's college basketball the wnba esports nascar tennis disc golf cricket it's all in there so go check them out over at prize picks right now download the prize picks app and go to the price or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on that's 100 bucks of prize picks money joining your money in your account when you use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with prize picks the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Thank, says always, to the Every dayers of the podcast to tune in every day to see me or listen to me and whoever my guest is, probably the guest, because uh, you can't possibly want to see me every day, right? I don't think my wife wants to do that, but you're the best. Thanks. Let us know in the comments if you are an everydayer. Um, let's continue on here, Big V. The European influence. This is something I'm really fascinated by. Obviously, Sergio Scariolo coaches the Spanish national team. He is coaching for Virtus Bologna right now over in Italy. Uh, Darko Ryakovic comes from Serbia. Also an extensive history in European basketball. Jordi Fernandez uh, from Spain originally has spent a lot of time assistant coaching one Nikola Jokic about the most European-inspired basketball player you could possibly imagine with the array of passing and sort of team play he inspires. Are you encouraged by this potential European lean for the Toronto Raptors? I have my thoughts on this. I think it's very exciting, but I'm curious from your end, how are you feeling about if the Raptors do go in this sort of European influence direction? We've seen them do it as a franchise in the past, of course, under Brian Colangelo. Feels a little different this time as that felt like the only way they could get any players on their team uh, who, were, who were worth anything. But uh, curious of your thoughts on, on this potential European influence they might have in their head coach if they hire anybody but Kenny Atkinson from this final batch. Yeah, I guess we got to wait and see if uh, Maurizio Garadini is going to be part of the press conference. <laughs> bring them back baby (laughs) well hopefully they don't bring back those jerseys like the uh italian inspired ones the oh the the spanish Spanish ones yeah yeah yeah. 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 i think we're okay without those but uh, (laughs) you know honestly i think when you look at the experiences of these guys the biggest thing i look at is they are like hardcore hoop heads yeah like when you look at uh darko ryakovich's history the man started coaching when he was 16. Yep. Like he loves basketball and like uh, to go through every step and be where he is now. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before he's a head coach. Um, and, you know, I, I, reading more stuff on him, it was like even when he was like 25 years old, he was like reaching out to Mike Krzyzewski and <laughs> like Luke Olsen being like, hey, can I just come, you know, pick your brain and learn from you and this and that. And and then, you know, you look at the uh, time that he spent with OKC. I, I think that's really important as well in terms of dealing with uh, a young team that was on the rise um, that had superstars as well. So, you know, that experience of, you know, seeing what it's like, okay, this is how you cater, you know, you 
cope with superstars and, you know, try to get the chemistry to mesh and all of that. Um, and then again, you look like you look at someone like Jordy Fernandez, uh, again, so many different experiences that he's had, um, almost in some ways, like similar to Nick Nurse, right? Because he has uh, the D-League coaching experience as well with the Canton charge. And so I mm -hmm. think um, at the end of the day, going back to the point I made about feeling very comfortable is like you look at the experience of these guys. It's well worth being in a head coaching position. Absolutely. And I do think the having experience in the head coach job, which both Ryakovich and Fernandez do, obviously no Scariolo does. He's the head coach right now of the team. He's working yeah. for Atkinson, obviously has head coach experience. I think that matters. Like I've said all along throughout this search and sort of this is my general philosophy on coaching is the head coach position is so vastly different in just its nature than any other coaching job just because it is so dependent on your ability to interact with your guys and make everyone feel empowered and kind of get everybody on the same page on top of all the X's and O's stuff. And I think, you know, it's it's the type of thing you just never know how they're going to adapt to that sort of element of the job until you're in it. And so having guys who have been there before, who have experienced being the head coach and having that burden on their plate, I think is really valuable. I think a lot about Nate Bjorkren just kind of getting thrown into the Pacers job and clearly having no capacity for the sort of human side of the job and him being out of a job within a year. Like, I, I, it's not to say every new, ho new coach who hasn't been a head coach somewhere is doomed to fail, but there's way less in terms of track record and things to point at as far as real tangible experience to inform how they might perform in the head coach job for the NBA squad that is the Toronto Raptors. And so all these guys having head coaching experience is valuable and I think really good. The other thing to me with this European sort of influence they seem to be kind of leaning at with Scariolo, Fernandez, and Ryakovich is what do we think about when we think about the thing that sucked most about watching the Raptors this past year? It's their offense. Their half-court offense stinks, and it's a slog. It's iso hunting. It's mismatch hunting. It's dribble around for a long time and hope for a late clock bailout. It got a little better. Truth, it should be said, it got, a, I mean, I would argue a lot better as far as aesthetics after Yak Pertle arrived. There was just more stuff going on. They were able to run more stuff with Yak from the post and the elbow and, uh, you know, that there was just more movement and stuff at play in the Raptors offense after the trade. But still, boil it down, they're an ISO hunting team. They try to maximize the size they have on the floor by seeking out mismatches where it can be exploited. And that's good as a tool in the toolbox, but I don't think you can run an offense like that in 2023 and hope to reach the success that you're seeing most teams reach in the playoffs. It's tilted over the last 10 years or so. Yes, defense is still incredibly valuable, but if your offense is butt, you're not going deep in the playoffs anymore. That's just how it all works. And so, and we're seeing it now, the Heat are only where they are because their offense has become an absolute like machine over the course of the playoffs. And that's a credit to them. The Raptors have to find a way to create a little bit more dynamism within their offense. And I think when you think about the European game, which is very different than the North American game, it is a lot more predicated on ball movement and set designs and uh, passing and cohesion, something the Raptors sorely lack this year. 
I really am encouraged by the fact that the Raptors are leaning into that European style with at least three of these four candidates. And, you know, Kenny Atkinson has not exactly coached traditional teams, right? Like, he was an assistant on those Hawks teams where they were just like, all right, five for one, you know, everyone is a player of the month type of thing. He's been on the Warriors, who, of (laughs) course, are a Steph Curry machine, but... They run within a beautiful orchestrated system. And so I'm really encouraged by those influences potentially coming into the Raptors offense. And I think it's something even more exciting to consider if the Raptors do, in fact, try this Scotty Pascal Yakupertle front court again, which I know we've talked about. There are limitations. I know you're particularly concerned about the lack of space and all of that. That's totally fair. But if you're trying to make it work, getting someone in there who can help maximize three guys who are all well above average passers for their positions and trying to make it work using those strengths, I think that's pretty encouraging. And I think someone with a little bit more of a, uh, of a sort of a pulse, a finger on the pulse of the European style of play probably stands a better chance of that. I mentioned Jordi Fernandez, longtime assistant with Nikola Jokic, and now with Demonis Sabonis in that beautiful offense they're running down in Sacramento. You know, I mentioned, you know, Scariolo. They have a whole thing called Spain pick and roll. They love to run beautiful sets in Spain, baby. This is what we want. This is the structure, potentially, that the Raptors were missing on that end this year. Uh, I talked a long time there. Uh, Thoughts in response, any retorts to what I just laid out as to why the European influence excites me, particularly when it comes to how the Raptors might change the way they play offense. Um, yeah, I think that's an important point. I think when you look at the offensive struggles, I think having these guys who are creative uh, on the offensive end matters. And I think when you look at, again, I go back to that relationship that Jordy Fernandez has with Mike Brown, and you look mm-hmm. at the way Mike Brown has evolved as a head coach and the things he's doing with the Sacramento Kings, uh, it's hard to look at that and not think there's a big part of it that, that goes to Jordy Fernandez as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason Mike Brown is like continually keeping him close, whether it's in Nigeria, whether it's Sacramento, whether it's <laughs> Cleveland, you know. Uh, and so I think uh, that's where there's a lot to admire about that. Uh, I think, um, you know, you, you look at uh, Jordy Fernandez's uh, educational background as well in sports psychology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that understanding of culture and what they're trying to build. And that's another thing. When I go back to Scariolo, um, you know, even beyond the offense, you look at the culture of say, uh, you know, a Spanish national team, right? That is something that everyone admires and that Mm -hmm. brotherhood that they share. And so you want him to bring something like that to the table. Uh, You know, I I think uh, whatever I've read about Darko Ryakovic so far, players have raved uh, about how much he cares about them and how much yeah. he, how much time he puts into actually like, you know, working with them in a positive manner and uplifting them. So I think all of that bodes really, really well. And when you think about, you know, the boxes that Masai and the front office wanted checked when they spoke first about, you know, moving on from Nick Nurse, these guys seem to check all of those boxes. 
Absolutely. I'm uh, I'm pretty encouraged, man. We'll come back on the other side. I want to get into Kenny Atkinson a little bit more because that is, I think, maybe a little more counter to what people were hoping for as far as a retread. Again, not the same type of retread as your typical, um, you know, dude who kind of bounces around the league and just has experience, capital H, capital E. But uh, we'll get into that and we will try to sort through and, and maybe make some predictions as to who we think it'll be. Closing out the show, we'll get to that in a hot second before we do that. However, just a reminder, Go check out Locked On Leafs, baby. Just like the Toronto Raptors, the Buds are going into a wild offseason where there could be lots of change, big-time shifts in personnel, and our pals Mike and Dave over on Locked On Leafs do a wonderful job breaking it all down for you, so go listen or watch wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube each and every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, let's uh, talk a little more Kenny Atkinson here. He's kind of the fourth guy, very clearly the sort of one of these things doesn't belong here among these final four. It just in the, the sort of figurative sense, not literally. He's obviously very much a worthy candidate for this job. Um you know, he does run counter to the sort of get someone new in there, get some fresh ideas. He's been a head coach before. He's been around the way. Like I said, I think the Brooklyn thing, not so much on him as much as it was just on Brooklyn being Brooklyn. But, you know, does there any sort of concern when it comes to the Kenny Atkinson thing? Of course, a year ago, he accepted the Charlotte job and then backed out. Probably wise, honestly, because the Charlotte Hornets are a rudderless mess. But, uh, you know, the more sort of, I think, critical onlookers of the Raptors would suggest maybe they're also a rudderless mess. I don't think I agree with that, but that's certainly a take that's out there. Um, Thoughts on Kenny Atkinson as a potential candidate here? And do you, you know, are you thrown off at all by the fact that he has been a head coach in the NBA before, which maybe is an asset, maybe it's not. I don't really know. Uh, Where are you at with Kenny Atkinson if he is to be the guy? I've been high on Kenny Atkinson from the beginning, so I'd be mm-hmm. quite happy to see him be the head coach. I think uh, going back to the offenses he's worked with, like you mentioned, Atlanta, uh, mm-hmm. let's not forget he was also with Mike D'Antoni uh, with the Knicks. Right. And so, uh, you know, when I think of the Brooklyn Nets team that he coached and the culture that he was building there, um, I think all of that was very positive until KD and Kyrie came aboard. Uh, I think the offense that he was trying to run and like get the best out of players that was very positive. And so um, I think he would be a good hire as well. So again, between these four candidates, like, you know, I, obviously there's flaws to pick out with each one. No mm-hmm. one's perfect, but if you told me these were the four that the Raptors were going to pick from at the beginning, I'd be very happy. So I, I don't think there's, you know, a bad direction to take here. Yeah, they have not uh, brought like a Kevin O'Neill type into the conversation, which I think is what you want. Like, yes, the Raptors need to be good at defense as well. I think the base level talent on the roster as it stands can get them there. And, and like they just need far more innovation on the offensive end of the floor, I think, at all. So I, I do think the offensive lean... And again, you mentioned the sort of the camaraderie side of things, which is probably honestly the most important, right? Like if you as a coach 
can't get the team pulling in the same direction, can't get everybody on the same page. You failed at job number one of being a head coach in the NBA. And, you know, you mentioned the sort of the word that's described, they used the word, uh, sorry, the word that I think um, Kevin Arnovitz used to describe Darko Ryakovich when writing him up in one of his final assistant coach pieces, which it was a wonderful annual thing that he did. And now he's not doing basketball writing anymore, which uh, come back, Kevin, we missed those coach pieces. They're great. But the word that was used a lot with Darko Ryakovich is warmth. And just like the way he interacts with his players, he carries that sort of warmth and um, sort of convivial vibe. And I think that's really exciting. I think the thing with Jordy Fernandez as well, it's very similar. It seems like he's very player friendly. I think you have to have someone in this day and age who is player friendly, who can sort of level with guys. He's 40 years old. He's not like super out of touch or anything like that. And, you know, Amit Man had a, a, a great interview. I can't remember the name of the person he was interviewing, talking about Jordy Fernandez, someone who covers the Kings. Um, and they kind of dug into, like, the little things that Jordy Fernandez will do to kind of, like, throw his players a bone. He mentioned one instance of, you know, kind of in a game asking a guy, hey, where do you like your shots from in, like, a preseason game? And then instantly drawing something up to get that person that shot. It was Keegan Murray uh, to get him that corner shot in a summer league game just because that's where he said he wanted those shots from. And so he designed something instantly that's a small thing that doesn't hint at a, a greater ability as a head coach necessarily but I do think it hints at kind of understanding the need to level with your players especially in today's game which whether well, that feels like even more of an important thing um, not just because the the players are younger and changing and are you know it's sort of like a different dynamic but also it, it's a situation where like you know I've lost my train of thought, uh, but it, it, it's a situation. You know, I start a sentence sometimes, not knowing where it's going to end. That's the thing. Um, but no, I, I, I just think having your the ability to level with players and get them bought in in the NBA right now, where everyone's so talented, there's talent across every roster, up and down. The thing that's going to get you to that next level is that sort of intangible stuff. I fully believe this. You can't quantify it. There's no number to to put on it, but. I've watched enough basketball. I've seen what happened with this past year's Raptors team. I've seen what happens with successful teams versus non-successful teams. And to a man, you'll see successful teams come together and, and sort of it's corny and cheesy, but they're all rowing in the same direction. And a coach who can get that going, I think that is really job number one. And again, we don't know until they're actually in the job, but the inklings you get from these guys and sort of the way they're painted suggest that they understand that that is a massive part of the job. I'm a little interested with Scariolo, honestly, just because, like, he's a little older. I think he's about 62 or something like that. And as much as we have the experience of him being an assistant with the Raptors, where he was a very beloved character, I don't know if we know as much as... It's like, I don't watch a lot of Virtus Bologna, so I don't really have, like, a great sort of handle on Scariolo's day-to-day as a head coach himself. He's obviously got the experience there. You know, does the sort of age factor factor in here for you at all with Scariolo? If he's the best guy, you just hire him anyway, or would you like to see them skew younger? I mean, I don't think it's too old. I, yeah. I think, you know, it's not like they're looking to hire a guy that's going to be around for, you know, at least the next decade. Right. I, I think you're just trying to transition into that next phase the best way possible. Sure. Um, so, uh I wouldn't, you know, have that as a deciding factor, but I do think um, in terms of just the candidates themselves, it 
might be true that Jordi Fernandez is just a, a better candidate right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, even Ryakovic uh, stacks up pretty nicely. So, yeah, I, I think it's just flat out about choosing who you think will be the best fit. Uh, I, I think there's a fair question to be asked, you know, in terms of, you know, not knowing the day-to-day of, uh, you know, Scariola as a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, uh, and obviously, they would have done this as part of their digging. Is like, hey, what were the relationships like throughout a whole season, right? Like when we talk about, yeah, Spain's national team, that culture of building that is great, but you're also meeting, you're together for very short periods of time, right? And so what does that look like over a seven month, eight month period where you're Mm -hmm. now together all the time, right? And so I think those are maybe the more pertinent questions to ask, but I think having had an extensive a career as he's had, uh, it's probably in good shape. I'm with you there. I, I think there is something nice about the idea of like hiring a young coach who can grow with your franchise and be a 20-year head coach for your team. Guess what? There's like one Greg Popovich or Eric Spolstra per generation, and the odds that you're going to get that guy are pretty slim. That said, you know, I, I, I don't think I would rule out Scariolo because of his age or anything like that. He's very clearly got the goods. And uh, yeah, I don't think they can really go wrong here. My uh, Let's close this out. In keeping with the sort of uh, gigantic guessing game that is trying to determine whom the head coach will be and what that coach will bring to the team, uh, let's just do a wild prediction game, shall we? Who you think is going to actually get the job, Big V? Between now and the end of the week, we're assuming we're going to know who you, who you got. What's your pick here? We might even know by tomorrow. So, like, get the pick on wax now. Uh, who's your prediction? Again, in keeping with the whole thing of talking about coaches, which are a giant black box, uh, give us a, a totally blind prediction based on nothing but your gut intuition, baby. Uh, I think Jordi Fernandez will be the new head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, beat me to the punch. I also <laughs> think Jordi Fernandez is going to be the new head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Again, completely baseless in this guess. Um, but I do think Mark Stein has made enough notes of keep an eye on Jordi Fernandez. And he's been really on this coaching stuff. He was on the Monty Williams thing first. He's been all over this. Um, I'm going to go with what the experts are saying. And Mark Stein is as plugged in as anybody with this. And he keeps on just like, keep an eye on Jordi Fernandez. Keep an eye on Jordi Fernandez. And, and so I'm going to keep an eye on Jordi Fernandez. I think we will all be keeping an eye on Jordi Fernandez for a very long time. And if it's the, the podcast comes out tomorrow and they've hired Kenny Atkinson, we'll just delete this back part of the show for posterity. <laughs> hey, b- between Fernandez and Ryakovich, I'll be really happy. We, uh, I can talk to Ryakovich about Novak. I can talk to uh, <laughs> Fernandez about soccer. For, uh, and so yeah. we'll be Nadal, all Nadal, of course. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah uh, unfortunately, Nadal's not going to be around much longer. Sad. No, but you can but. do some reflection upon his career. <laughs> That's always fun. Just, yeah. uh, you know, sidetrack a pregame presser before a Hornets game on a Wednesday. <laughs> Just to talk a little bit about Rafa Nadal. It, it yeah. seems great to me. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we're right. Maybe we're, uh, we're geniuses. Maybe we're total fools. Uh, who's to say? You don't watch us because we're right. You watch us because we're entertaining. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much to uh, all y'all for listening and, and tuning into the show and supporting it. Big V, anything you got to do to promote before we get out of here? Uh, just the usual stuff. Raptors.com and uh, CBC Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob.
Everyone, go do that. You can follow me at Woodley Sean. You can join the Lockdown Raptors Discord. Link in the description. Come hang out. Super fun. Uh, and again, sometimes I'm giving out free things. Sometimes I'm handing out, uh, you know, free tickets to mailbag questions and stuff like that. Free tickets to mailbag questions? That's not a thing. Uh, priority to mailbag questions. That's what I was looking at. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. We'll be back again tomorrow as I'm going to do a little deep dive into Bilal Koulibaly, who is, of course, Victor Wembanyama. Mama's teammate with uh, Metropolitans 92, who seems like an extremely Raptors ass pick at number 13. We'll get to that tomorrow. Until then, thank you for tuning in. Go listen to Friday's show with Katie Heindel talking about Fred Van Vliet and where he's going to go. Lots of prospect stuff from last week as well. Jordan Hawkins talk, Keontae George on down the line. Go check it all out. Thank you for supporting the show. We'll talk to you Tuesday in another episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.